This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 75. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. My name is John Middick, and I am joined again by my co-host, Lisa Clout of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, what's new with you today? I got new glasses. I can actually see my artwork, turns out. Not quite as good as I thought it was. Are you? I, I was going to ask you about that. I thought about that uh, when we were talking about um, photorealism. Are you nearsighted or farsighted? Which are you? Uh, I don't curious. see anything very well. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm actually considered, but... The further away, the worse it is. But if someone can be yeah. pro- like sitting in the same room with me, and I probably can't see their facial expressions. Cool. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, hmm. for them because they can make faces at me, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. This is the show where perfecting your craft and improving your art doesn't mean thumbing through pages and pages of paper. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? John, do you have prints made of your work? Yeah, I I do. Not every, you know, not everything. Not um, commission uh, portraits usually, but yeah, if it's uh, something that lends itself to that, then I use a local printer most of the time. How about you? Yeah, I used to have my prints done from different, and we'll talk about that later, from another company, and now I'm using a print-on-demand that I love. So, yeah, that's definitely a big part of my business. Definitely recommend it for people. Yeah, absolutely. So after you've created this artwork, you know, you want to do something more than just have the original that that you're going to sell. I mean, it's so nice having prints available. So we want to talk about three different options in today and give you guys some things to take away uh, from the show and in practical terms to be able to decide whether or not you want to go with printing at home or using a local printer or uploading to one of the online printers to have uh, digital prints made. First of all, printing from home, printing from your home studio uh, is an option that is probably more convenient than uh, any of the other options, just because you have a little bit more control over things. But there is inherent, there's some inherent problems, I guess, with with that, or can be some inherent problems with printing from home. Number one, of course, is do you have a printer that you know you can say this is going to be a high quality print? I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges, right, Lisa? Just because it looks good, even if your printer can print it looking really well, that doesn't mean that it's going to be worth selling. I can't tell you how many prints right. I've seen where people printed from home and it faded like crazy. You can't really feel comfortable selling that to somebody. You need to know how light fast those colors are going to be. Yeah, and sometimes the prints that you print from home, depending on the printer, and the, the support that you're printing it on can, uh, can start fading within weeks even, which is really scary. Yeah, I used to have stuff displayed when I was teaching at Michael's. I had some of the printouts that I had printed of my own work for samples that would be posted. They were mounted on board right next to stuff I had printed from Vistaprint. The Vistaprint stuff never faded and mine was like it looked terrible terrible the stuff I printed myself even though they started out looking nice and it's not just because in that location the sun was hitting it but I've displayed stuff that was just in a bright room but it never had direct sunlight on it and those still faded within a year
year or two pretty severely. Yeah. So I want to talk about this word that we're going to hear from time to time if we're doing high quality prints. And if you're printing from home, I've heard people use this word to describe their print and Sometimes that isn't necessarily an accurate uh, reflection of what we're giving a consumer when they buy our product. And that is the word G-Clay. Now, that's just a fancy word for the highest quality print available. And I kind of have a love-hate relationship with this particular word um, because it was just something that was sort of just invented um, a few years ago, about 15 to 20 years ago. And it just means it's a French um, kind of a meshed up word to mean to squirt or to spurt, to spray on. And so when there's an inkjet printer that is using around 10 different colors of ink that uh, use a, they use a very microscopic dot pattern in order to get a very true color match, then they'll refer to this, and I'm talking about a high quality, uh, large format printer, and will refer to this as a G-Clay. Now, the... I've heard people talk about, you know, they're gonna, going to be using uh, their printer from home and because of it using pigment-based ink instead of dye-based ink, that they're printing a G-Clay. Now, this is different from what we find uh, that was invented in the 1800s, and that was a lithograph. And so when you would have a, uh, a lithography print, it used the CMYK inks, and it would just go through these plates and press the ink onto uh, the paper. So instead, what we came up with then here recently is this G-Clay method. And the biggest difference really is just in that using a pigment-based ink that is sprayed onto the paper, and then preferably you're using an archival uh, paper or canvas, and then instead of the ink going down, sinking down into the fibers of the paper, it's resting up on top of the paper or the canvas. And what happens is you're creating more stable color and a better archival print life of your work. And it's a good representation, or it should be a good representation. But that's where another problem uh, that I see with it, Lisa, is that you, you, it still comes down to color match. You still have, you're taking a digital representation of something that you've created, and then you have to do a, a color match, and then you're printing that. And so just because somebody says this is a G-Clay, number one, doesn't mean that it's going to be an accurate or true color match representation of the original. And, you know, it, and it depends upon the printer that you're using, how many different color variations you have available to you. And so that, that that is one of the biggest reasons why I like to go with just uh, a local printer uh, company or an online printer print company is fine as well, but they have the equipment. They have the expert typically there that will do the color match for you. Um, but that doesn't mean you you just trust whatever they do. Um, I'm sure you've had this experience, Lisa, I have. You go uh, and you want to see the, the end product and maybe they got the greens wrong or the reds or whatever it is. And, you know, you have to defend your work. You have to tell them, you know, hey, this isn't right. Can we please try this again? You know, and you have to decide, you know, for yourself whether that is an accurate representation of your original art piece. They're not going to be as vigilant about that as you are. 
Yeah. And no, see, my experience with a lot of the printers, too, I think is from so long ago that it, it may have changed. But when I had a few problems when I went to local printers, whether it be big chains or the smaller ones, the smaller ones back, you know, this was probably 15 years ago. They cost so much or even 10 years ago. It wasn't that long ago. They cost so much more than having stuff printed online. And if you're trying to save money coming up with a whole bunch of prints or they would want you to buy a certain amount of prints in order to, to get a certain price, it was so ridiculously expensive and there was no way I needed that many prints all at once. So that was turning out to be a problem for me. So some of the smaller places I just didn't find to be practical. And I wasn't the few samples that they did for me didn't look very good. I've done Kinko's and, oh, what are some of the other oh, ones? Office Max up. and all those. Yeah, they're not set up for that, though. No, they're, they are. They're they, doing, they do lithography printing. It comes you from don't, that. And yeah, and the yeah, quality is not really what you're probably going to want. No, I've even had archival. problems where I went into some of those and they refused to print my work. They told me they couldn't yeah. do it because I'm thinking it was a copyright issue. They thought that I had something else, but oh, they absolutely yeah. refused to even talk to me or anything. Just, nope, we, we won't do that. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because it's like you're making prints of everybody else's photos. It's not that <laughs> I don't think they were physically capable of doing it. It's that they thought were worried about copyright, which was hilarious. But I'm like, I'm the artist, but they didn't right. seem to think I could prove that. So anyway, it was just kind of bizarre. But the, those type of printers, these are not what you no. want. You're going to need yeah, to go no. to a much bigger one. Now, I have gone to some of the, or I say much bigger. They've got big, bigger equipment. Yeah, you want the ones that are that are set up for um, uh, archival printing and fine art printing. Yeah, and when I went to one of those, they wanted just the setup fee was going to be oh, like wow. $3,500. No, that, no, that's And that's back then, now this was again about 15 years ago back then that was like an insane amount of money yeah, for me there's yeah, no way ridiculous. i was ever going to come up with that so definitely price around because yeah. i think that you will get people who throw out prices that are insanely high but then you have the places that might be cheaper like kinkos or those there you're not going to get the quality that you need they can't do what you need yeah, don't use those don't don't use uh, office max and all that and kinkos yeah. uh i use robin imaging in cincinnati and they're set up to do fine art prints and photography prints and they use archival uh quality papers if you know if you specify that you have to you know, you have to specify that because they'll also do high quality prints that I think something might last, I don't know, 20 to 50 years. I can't remember what they quote. Um, otherwise, if you use all archival uh, quality production, then it'll last, you know, supposedly it'll last two to 500 years or whatever. Whatever it is. And, and you, you know, can that's find good. these companies online. Yeah, look online too, because a lot of like what I was getting quoted by the people locally was far, far more than some of the prices I found online for, they claimed anyway that they did the same thing. Yeah, Robin Imaging is very inexpensive. And there's these little boutique shops in a lot of uh, larger cities now. But I mean, I can get a good archival print. I don't remember the, the numbers right now. I think it seemed like it was around 35 bucks for like, a, I don't know, nine by 12 or something like that, mm -hmm. which is really, really good price. And they do an excellent job. Now, see, I don't like to do prints that are that expensive because I find the people who are wanting to buy prints aren't wanting to spend that kind of money for, I mean, the, the markup I would have yeah, to Yeah, that's to an archival print, though. So, yeah, I don't typically do those myself. You can do a high-quality print, which is less expensive. Yeah, what I do now, I go with Fine Art America, mm -hmm. which is not anywhere near the quality that you're getting or the 
as far as being as archival and all of that. But the quality seems to be pretty good and it's fairly inexpensive. Basically, I tell them what I want to make on a print and they tack on their fee. There is no cost for me up front. Now, I do pay, I think, $35 a year so I can have unlimited images and I have the actual yeah. shop that's connected to my website and that's right. a whole other thing. But you can use their free one where you can have, I want to say it's like 30, 35 images, 40 images. I forget how many you're allowed with the free ones. Maybe it's 20. They're not, I'm making up they're not ar- right now. archival, though? I thought I, thought I don't they, know how archival know. they are, yeah. but they are not G Clays, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, no, right. So, but I mean, they're they're prints, they're but posters. they're high they're quality going to prints. Somebody yeah. As long, yeah, they're as good as any poster you would buy somewhere else, right, as far as right. just getting a poster and a print that way. So, I really like them with that, and I think for artists who are on a budget and you're not having the t- you, you know, you really don't have money to put out right away for a bunch of prints. Like $35 for a single 9 by 12 print is going to be out of a lot of artists' range to get started because they're going to need prints of lots of their work. Yeah, that's not until you get a confirmed buy on one of those. You can get yeah. – if you buy a larger quantity, like 20 or something like that, you can get a, a much more uh, reasonable price. And that is for the setup fee as well. That's for them mm-hmm. to image uh, the artwork and then get the print made for you. Yeah, it's much yeah. cheaper. Uh, and, I, and I'm throwing this off the top of my head as well. I don't remember what it was. But it's, yeah, yeah. much less expensive. But the print-on-demand ones, I think, are a nice way Th- for those a lot good. of people yeah. to get started and doing prints. Like I yeah. said, they're not G-Clays, but they're still good and they're not going to fade like using your own inkjet printer at home. You're not really having to worry about any of that, you're not having to put out a lot of money at, to start with. So I think it's a really good way to, to offer prints. For me, one of the reasons that I'm still doing those uh, or working with Fine Art America for that is I don't have time to ship stuff. So here's another thing. I don't have to deal with right. shipping. I don't have to deal with if something was damaged or anything like that. Fine Art America is going to be the one to replace it. Yeah. None of that falls on my head, which is really, really nice. Yeah. And there's other ones as well. There's uh, Vista Print. There's uh, Shutterfly, uh, Fine Art America, as you you just mentioned great big canvas image kind and art.com um and there's others as well now some of those you do have to watch vista print my experience with them has been sometimes positive sometimes not so much you really never know what quality you're getting from them you get really really good prices but i can't tell you how many times i've had to have stuff reprinted at my own cost because they they used to do a thing where you just paid shipping they didn't have to refund you for the product mm-hmm. when the product was printed badly because you didn't pay anything for it you know you just paid shipping so that was a problem for a while now they don't do that um it's the shipping is still actually the shipping i think is a little bit more reasonable than it was they didn't let you combine shipping before i think they got in trouble for that but now they they do charge a fee they have sales all the time where you can get them 50 percent off but and i do the postcards for patreon with those the quality i almost always love every once in a while you get something in the colors like oh that's not really Mm -hmm. looking very good and i have to contact them and tell them okay this really printed very very far off from what i provided you with so, and they've always been good about replacing things as needed, but they're very hit or miss. I had a poster printed before I found Fine Art America. Somebody wanted a poster of one of my paintings and it printed so badly. And I was out like $15 shipping. And of course the item itself, I don't think I paid much for, but it, I couldn't use it. It was just absolutely terrible. Then that's when I found Shutterfly. Shutterfly's print quality, I've been pretty happy with. I've printed quite a few things with them and they're fairly inexpensive. You can have books made of your work. You can have uh, photo books. They've got so many products, and I've always been happy with everything I had printed with them. Much more so than than Vista Print, as far as quality goes. Yeah. But again, with postcards, Vista Print's going to be the way to go, as far as being cost efficient. Yeah, and 
you know, one of the advantages to going to a local printer that is uh, using large format printing and, and knows how to do high quality prints as well as um, the uh, G clays is that, you know, you're talking to a person. You're looking right there at their eyeballs yes. and you're able to communicate what your needs and wants are and they can keep your images on file. Uh, which is nice. You can call them up and uh, get those printed for you. Um, I wanted to mention that there are some good um, printers that are not enterprise level. They're they're consumer level that you could purchase and use in your own home. And they are using pigment uh, based uh, ink. And some of the I, I hesitate to give. Uh, an absolute name to some of these because what here's what I'll do I'll have a sheet available of the most current ones that I would recommend uh, that you purchase if you're going to purchase a good quality uh, printer to use in your home and I'll keep that updated um, periodically in the show notes and you can print that out there but Epson for sure has got the most up-to-date uh, printers typically for a consumer level product I mean you're still looking at paying I think on the low end is around four to six hundred bucks you know on the high end you can get way up into the thousands yeah the people who I know who print and do really nice printings on their own they spend about two thousand twenty five hundred dollars for their printer yeah and here's the thing a lot of times people will think they're gonna save money by printing on their own at home I don't know that you do I don't know it's, that it's convenient I can see the nice of ha- thing of having it but the ink is expensive I mean all of this, it, it's not just buying the unit, the ink, the paper, everything gets very expensive. So for me, it just didn't make sense for my business. I just bring it up because it is something you want to keep in mind. It does get very, very expensive to do it on your own as well. You're, I, I'm not sure long term which is more cost efficient, but it's not as you're not saving as much as you might think you would by printing yourself. Your break even analysis would probably bear it out that you are saving money. Um, but it may you're right, it may take a year or two or more. Uh, but the other thing to keep in mind is you you maintain more control whenever you're able to print from your own printer at home. But the problem is this, just what Lisa is alluding to here. It comes to, down to a point of integrity, and you have to make sure that you're keeping up to date uh, with the latest technology. If somebody else is able to provide a high-quality print from a printer that is using um, a, a technology that is very recent, and you're using something that is several years old, are you really going to be comfortable saying yes this is a gclay print because and and it's printed for, uh, based on old technology that you printed from at home my myself i'm not real comfortable doing that i'm not real comfortable using that term and it's it's a nebulous term anyway it, this is such a slippery term it's very flimsy you can attach whatever meaning you want to it and th- that's part of the problem with using uh, that term gclay But if you're printing from home and you're telling somebody, yes, this is archival, then I just feel like you have to really make sure that you are actually keeping up with the technology. I'm talking about hardware and software. You're doing a color match and maybe you need to get, you know, invest in a color calibration tool for your monitor to make sure that those colors are going to be a close enough match. Um, And then also that you're, you know, the, the importance of color matching is, is a real high one, I think. Very big deal. See, and I don't know. Uh, p- color matching, what I was doing, because I was having a problem with Vistaprint, mm-hmm. and this was kind of my workaround if I couldn't get the, the perfect color. On my website, when I used to sell prints directly or prints that I had made from Vistaprint, I would post a photo of the print 
what they were buying so they knew what that image was going to look like because it never looked as good as my photo. The color was always a little off. The detailing might be more saturated in one area. Yeah, that's a hard thing to get right. Yeah, so what I was doing is I would post a photo of the print itself so people knew this is what, yeah. this is the print that I'm providing you with. It's still a great, it's like it was mostly Italian greyhounds I was selling prints of back then. It was still a great photo of an, or art piece of art of an Italian greyhound, but it wasn't the same as the original. So I just wanted to make sure that for my customers, they knew this is what you're getting. It's not going to look the same as the original. It's not necessarily worse. It's just different. Yeah. So I made sure they knew this is what the prints look like. And I just scanned the print so it was that was the actual thing they were seeing. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, it's it's a big investment and it's also you have to be familiar with the technology if you're going to provide this high quality print. If you're going to provide this high quality print from home, what I'm getting at here is that it's not only just the representational quality digitally, but I'm talking about from start to finish the entire setup that involves either a scanner and um a, or a camera and or both if in de- depending on which one you're going to which one you're going to do and see that's something i recommend people have anyway they really should have a good dslr to take photos of their own work also and then after you've done that then you need the software to be able to uh do the calibration uh where you need it uh, of course, you need the hardware. You need the computer. Who doesn't have a computer, though? And then you have to have the printer. And so, every, you know, all of those things are involved in this process. And then staying up with the current technology and making sure that, you know, that you're able to then say, you know, yes, this is an archival print. Now, the reason why I'm making a big deal about this, I guess, is that I've seen, I've known artists that will sell uh, their prints and they'll say, these are G clay, clay prints. And I've spoken to these artists at fairs, at festivals, at art shows, and I've asked them about their printer. And, you know, I find out they got a refurb for $200 or something like that. And it is not a spray on printer using pigment based uh, ink. And I just, I just think that's disingenuous. I, I can't do it myself. I'm with you on that. I used to know a girl years and years and years ago who was, uh, this was probably over 10 years ago, and she was selling her prints as high-quality yeah. archival, all of this. She was printing them on her regular inkjet printer. These were going to fade just as fast as the ones I was when I would use them as display, and I was just like, you can't sell those. Oh, well, they're only $25 for an 8x10. That's not fair. That is not right because those are going to fade. Yeah, and it and it gives all of us a black eye when you do that. I just I, I just don't I just don't like that. Well, and especially her. Yeah. I mean, I think she's doing herself a serious well, disservice yeah. because when that fades, those people aren't going to no. want to buy other things from her, whether it be original art or not, because they're not going to be happy. Claimed, Here's a great right. print. They're not going to. Yeah, be that that was definitely a problem. And one thing that you know I brought that up earlier, but I do want to strongly, strongly recommend if you are going to be having prints made of your artwork, if you're serious about this, make invest in a decent DSLR camera so that you can take the photos yourself, learn how to take the photos yourself, learn how to do any photo editing you need to to make sure that they're as accurate as possible. I use Photoshop for that. Yeah, I do too. But do learn how to do this yourself. That I think is a really core thing that artists need to know how to do because if you produce very 
much art. If you're like with me, I've got a new painting or drawing every week. If every week I had to go pay to have a printer scan it and get the, the perfect image of it and all, it would cost me an yeah, arm and a Plus, it's a time investment too when you do that as well. It you, is. You don't have the time for that. Yeah. No one does. So just, I really want to put this out there, yeah. guys. Get a decent camera. Get, and not just a point and shoot. That's not going to give you what you need. You really need to get a, a decent DSLR. But learn how to take photos of your own artwork. Yeah. That is one step that you can do yourself. Yeah, the the printers can usually do a great job, but the funny thing is, even with, with that, though. I've known of people who went to people who were were professional. You know, they went to great print shops, but the print shop didn't know how to photograph the artwork. Not all print shops know how to do that well. They'll say they can, but they don't necessarily know how to get great results. Because I've seen work from my friends that I was like, "Wow, you paid for somebody to take that photo. Why didn't you learn to yeah, do it you yourself?" Yeah, you got to go through a vetting process with uh, whatever printer you're wanting to use. Make sure they know how to do this. Yeah, you know, and you're hitting on something really big there as well. And that is, if you're using a point and shoot, it's not going to cut it because it's only going to do a processing in JPEG. And you're not going to get the real image. You want to shoot in RAW. And then you uh, open that up in Photoshop and you open that up in Camera Raw. And you have complete control over your your digital image and you can adjust those levels just about anywhere you want. I mean, there's so much more flexibility when you do that. If you're shooting only in JPEG, you don't have much flexibility. You cannot adjust the exposure, the black levels, the whites or any of that. I mean, you, you're so limited. Yeah. And a lot of people like to think too that just because a camera has a high megapixel that that means, look, I can make big prints from it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're going to look no. good. It's not all about the megapixel. It's about the lens. And while this isn't a podcast, you know, we're not really talking about cameras today. I just want you guys to be aware of this, that it's not just, well, I can get a 12 megapixel DSLR for five, $600, or I can spend $200 and get this 30 megapixel D- point and shoot. Uh, and I'm throwing out numbers there. I don't know how much the point and shoots are costing nowadays. But no, that d- point and shoot cannot do, even though the megapixels are higher, it cannot even come close to touching what a decent DSLR can because it's about the lenses. It's about so yeah, much more than just megapixels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have a very good light sensor uh, than I would a huge megapixel count. Doesn't doesn't really matter. All right, so what about your experiences? If you're listening to this, I'm sure you've worked through some of these issues. Do you guys, uh, do you print at home or do you use a local printer or do you use one of these online printers that we talked about? You can tweet at us. Uh, Lisa's at Lockery. I'm at Sharpened Artist or uh, join us in the Facebook group, uh, Color Pencil Podcast on Facebook, and you can also leave us a, a note in the show notes. Well, if you guys have any comments or suggestions or anything that you'd like to hear us cover, you can contact us, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. You can head on over to sharpenedartist.com slash podcast for all the show notes. And again, that link for the printers that I'm suggesting that you could buy as a consumer level printer that will do a decent job right now. I'll have that over there in the show notes as well. And I want to end today with a quote. This one was a bumper sticker that I saw not too long ago. Wag more, bark less. We will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. But it is, I mean, it's just a... uh. All right, well, this is the... This is the podcast where we're perfecting your craft and hold on, let's start that over. <laughs> uh, all right, this is the show where we're perfecting 
where perfecting your craft and improving your... Oh but not boy, perfecting your grammar. This. You're not going to learn yeah. any of that from us. From an Italian... Or of an Italian greyhound? Why? Well, I can't talk. Well, that's relevant to colored pencils. <laughs> Shut up. You, <laughs> you are something tonight. <laughs> My nap was cut short. I'm salty. <laughs> 